On this episode, North America's only native ferret species skitters right up to the very brink of extinction until an unlikely hero walks them right back from that terrible ledge. The black-footed ferret. Did you ever feel so bad inside? Event, Jack. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Is it New Year when this comes out? No. Yes. No. No. Well, yes. It, it's New Year today, and it will come out after this recording. Wow. I you just let everyone know how long it takes us to uh, get this. It's actually live. about seven years per episode. <laughs> um, the process starts. Uh, with a lot of research, a lot of travel, going to the different locations, right, right. a lot of one-on-one interviews, and it all leads up to this. You can tell, though, because it's really pretty rich. What yeah. is it? Blackfoot ferret? Blackfooted ferret. Yeah. yeah. I had to interview some ferrets, some farmers. You went down to the molecular level. I know you were... Scat. Mm-hmm. You were putting some scat under the microscope. That's something you do for every episode, regardless of what the animal is. Right. Regardless of my lack of educational background in any of that, I just forge ahead. Scat pack. Scat pack. Um, speaking of the new year, did you get any... Last year, did you get any notable gifts? Oh, my gosh. So many notable ones that I took notes of. Um, an airbrush. An airbrush. Yeah. Wow. I have this kind of inner desire to like kind of be that 70s, you know, surfer bro, make t-shirts on the boardwalk of oh, waves. Okay. I just want to do waves. That's basically <laughs> Maybe a balloon. Is it a, string. a custom situation? I could go and you put my name under the wave? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Name's a big part of it. <laughs> okay. I could do a t-shirt. You want like a foam hat? I could do it right there. Uh, you want me to do it on the side of your van? <laughs> it's a big <laughs> job, but does your uh, are you doing it out of a van? Is there a tent? I don't know. Does is there a name for your business? Well, I haven't actually airbrushed anything yet, so I'm I'm just gonna you know <laughs> let whatever unfolds unfolds. You Maybe can... it's a van. Maybe I'm just behind Starbucks. <laughs> You could be terrible, or maybe you probably will. Are an unfound talent God, for the be industry. Nice to not have to learn anything, just be good first right. time. God, if we could only do that. It's always been such a hindrance with things. It's like, why can't you just be good the first time? Right, can't be. And a then Beethoven. I would do a lot of stuff. I gotta learn. But you'd never fail in anything, right? So that would that'd be weird. That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> and so okay. far been failing at that well good a lot good luck i i can't wait to see what waves you draw i, I am might venture some. out and make a dragon let's start with waves i think that's a good starting point let's not dragon seems easy oh, God. speaking of artwork i am impressed with the uh ai generated artwork we've been putting up for the show last week we didn't really talk about it but it was a uh, what what do we do it was a uh, muskrat martinique muskrat Mm -hmm. and it was in front of this erupting volcano it was pretty wicked yeah i mean to continue a theme 
there you go. You, you know, if you just want to be good at something the second you try, <laughs> that's what AI is for. No learning, no, you know, you just type it in and it's done. Right. Which is what art should be, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have a thought. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Done. Tell me I'm great. Shower me with uh, compliments now. Uh, I, I do like those images. I'm glad that like it seems like all the animals have the appropriate amount of fingers and thumbs mm. and toes. Maybe. Sometimes. Sometimes. Most One it's limb. It's not, you know, no, there's not like a limb growing out of their head. Right. I, and if there was, then we photoshopped it out. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's not a perfect science. Uh, so pitch me on what, how you see this episode's uh, title card artwork wow putting me on the spot i have not black-footed ferret so i'm thinking doc martin boots okay i love that i'm open to any and all ideas yeah doc martens because um a lot of the stuff in this story take place in like the 60s to the 90s ish a big Mm, part of it so prime airbrush era yeah Maybe we can do this one airbrush. Oh, That's cool. I don't know if AI could do that. We'll, we'll give it a we'll shot. Find out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's no erupting volcanoes in this one, but it's been a highly requested episode for a while. I've not obviously haven't done it until now, but uh, a lot of people have wanted to hear this one, so it, it should be. Uh, you got people good. banging down the doors, demanding the black-footed ferret, right? eventually big fans those doors are gonna fall and they're gonna come in <laughs> we like wait till i run out of the other animals and then we'll we'll get to it because the animals run out that's kind of the whole point of this show <laughs> okay you told me earlier you had a story about something you want to wait because or... the animals run out extinction I get, we get it we get it you're like beating us over the head here with this dead ferret they're dead Oh, God. Anyways. Any- hey, yes. Melissa, you want to hear yes. an animal fact? Yeah, I do. This one's going to blow your mind. Can you put your hands on your head to contain your brains? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. You're, it's going to be a lot of cleanup okay. for me. <laughs> do it. Hit me. Killer whales are natural predators of moose. What? In Alaska, the moose swim across from one island to the next and the whales oh my God. attacked them. Killer? Are they just crazy intelligent? These, I mean, they're going to take over once we extinct ourselves. They're just opportunistic. Oh, yeah. They're open to new experiences, like eating a moose. That's got to be a little rough. I always think about, like, okay, let's just rewind a couple hundred years before the surge of technology and you're just some guy on a kayak, <laughs> right? You've never even heard these crazy stories. Right. And you imagine stumbling upon that scene, a killer whale eating a moose. Yeah. Talk about mind blowing. You go back, you tell your village you saw it, and next thing you know, you're in a s- assisted living because uh-huh. they're like, okay something cracked in that guy's assisted skull. living aka you got thrown off a cliff <laughs> yeah they didn't <laughs> your orca food oh man wild can you think of a more badass scene in nature i can because i often think about it and that's the sperm whale and the giant squid 
mm, like right. a mile under the ocean, the complete dark, <laughs> blasting the right. sperm whale, blasting him with a sonic boom. Oh my god! Stunning the squid and eating it. That's happening right now. I yeah. think I've said it on the pod. Right. That that's like, happening right now at the bottom of the ocean, and it's crazy, insane, unexplored. It's like space down there. It's funny because I thought you were going to say the story again about the time you saw the baby whale. It, that was crazier. You know, that would be a I crazier mean, thing to see than an orca eating a whale. So good for you for holding back. I don't like to bring that up too much. Too much. Yeah. Sort of a humble brag. <laughs> and the thing about humble brags is you got to bring them up at the right time. Oh, yeah. I, I don't or else they're just regular brags. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've thoroughly wasted everyone's time, this is a special episode, Jack, because I got a little help on this one. From AI? No, I got help from a listener of the show who uh, actually helped with the research portion of it. So it's probably, you know, one of our more accurate episodes. Oh, by far. Scientifically. Yeah. Uh, the, the quality of the show just skyrocketed. Right. Uh, Trey, he, he's a listener of the show, and he did a lot of research on it and sent it through, and uh, I that helped me do what I do with it, which is put it into a somewhat... Word doc. A Word, a word doc, yeah. a Google doc, and uh, make it into a story that is a little more easy than just a Wikipedia article. Well, thank you very much, Trey. Yeah, Trey, thank you so much. We uh, love that you listen and that you... He's one of the the listeners who... Comments? Talks. N- not oh, leave some... What is it? Speak pipe? Oh, oh, I forgot the speak pipe. There is a speak pipe. We should try and play it. There's a new voicemail. Uh, no, he'll email, check in every now and then. I'd love that. Just great. Yeah. Uh, I tried to set up a call uh, so we could get him on, but I'm just really bad at doing that, and I uh, haven't figured it out yet. So maybe he will be on in the future, uh, but, you know, it's th- that takes more That's work. That's new scary technology. It's scary. <laughs> I, that's something you have to learn and get better at. And uh, like we've previously established, just not interested in that. It's not that I'm not interested. It just is a lot of time, you know? Anyway, I wanted to say that. So brace yourselves for some exciting information about the black-footed ferret. The black-footed ferret, also sometimes called pole cats, pole cats. Get out. Yeah. Or prairie dog hunters. All right. So I thought when I hear pole cat, I just assume it was some like, you know, small cat who's always running up a tree or something. Mm -hmm. But now that you've connected the dots with a ferret, which are long and skinny, like a pole... Somebody's just like, that's a cat that looks like a pole. It's a pole cat. I've n I too thought that it meant they just they could go up really skinny trees fast. <laughs> oh wow. Goodness. Okay. <laughs> this is what happened when you do no research. <laughs> yes. All right. They're also called prairie dog hunters. 
The family they belong to also includes animals like the weasel, mink, martens, otters, badgers, wolverines, and many, many more. So just listening to that list, it's a pretty motley crew. They're, they're trouble Pretty rough and tumble. Like, you don't want to run into that crew in a back alley. No, you can get scratched up. You're going to get, like, your jeans shredded. <laughs> shredded. Yeah. I thought these were officially extinct. I thought black-footed ferrets were extinct, uh, but it looks like I was wrong. Uh, right now, the IUCN lists them as endangered, uh, but we're going to get into all that. That's what this episode's IUCN, about. IUCN, can you, can you explain what that is for people who might not know um, what that is? I think it's International Union Conservation. What does ICUN stand for? I don't Anybody who might be co-hosting who might not know what that is. <laughs> yeah, International Union for Conservation of Nature. Oh, okay. They're the ones that are... Like, if you look on Wikipedia, on all these animals, they have... goes from, like, green to red, right? And mm-hmm. the green is like, we're doing great. And then it goes uh, endangered, critically endangered, red. extinct. Yeah. Or functionally extinct. So they give you that rating. Um, it's kind of the tomato meter. Yes. Rotten tomato meter. Yeah. Of animals. All right. So the black-footed ferret is North America's only native ferret species. Just the one reigns supreme here. Uh, and I have to say, I think it deserves a better name. We've commented on animals like this in the past where it's like, we don't call you red bearded man. Yeah. Right. I go back and forth. I appreciate, like, he's got black feet. That's its name. And you're just done. Cause right. In my head, it, it's at a time where, like, they're like, hey, guys, we're just going to decide to name everything, write it down. And it's not like that's the first name it ever had. It probably had millions of different names from different cultures and whatever. Not millions, right. but whatever. And then if you're naming that many things, you at a certain point, you're just getting lazy. And you're like, that one's... You run out. That one's got a long nose. It's called the long nose snooter. Pole cat, though. That's a... Pole cat. Done. <laughs> that like one's a... done. <laughs> you're just... It's more of yeah. a quantity over quality thing. I guess I just want a little something extra, like black socked. Black socks. It's you cute. Know, black sock ferret. It's cute. Right. Okay. Uh, the origin of the word ferret in Latin translates roughly to thief. Which is it's an aptly suited name for them because that is a common behavior of theirs. In most cartoons, uh, that is how they're depicted. Right. I'm kind of thinking more weasels, but Same ferrets category. fall in. Yeah. So ferrets also have a, a reputation for being pretty vicious, despite only weighing about one and a half to three pounds or uh, 680 or 1400 grams. Uh, they're compact. Little killers, these guys. Which, have you ever handled one? A ferret? Yeah. No, probably for those reasons. Yeah, they've got... I've seen them, but they look like you're about to get bitten every time. The teeth are gnarly. They're like a little fuzzy sock with teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, like, the whole sock part is just awesome. It's very fuzzy, very... But it's that juxtaposition... Of fuzziness and teeth, that's a little unsettling. It's like a, it's like a baby with a gun. (laughs) I was gonna say a rabbit 
with like a bear trap at the end. But I'd like a baby with a gun. That's amazing. Like, oh. (laughs) Stay away from that one. Uh, Yeah, I've been bitten by one. I've handled a couple. Oh, you're just going to drop that on us? I was thinking about how to make you think about it. And do you know kittens? I'm aware of them. I actually really don't like touching kittens because they're like ferrets in that way. But a ferret even, I think you have less of a chance of being bitten if it's a nice ferret. Like a cat, a little kitten is going to bite you and they're going to scratch you. And their teeth are insanely sharp. Mm. Yeah. But I don't think they have the bite strength to really sure. do damage. Yeah. A, a ferret is probably going to give you a little love bite. But if it wanted to, it'd just chop chop that little sausage off. Sausage. <laughs> Your finger sausage. <laughs> Your fingers. Okay. Okay, I was at a lot of holiday parties where they had little Vienna sausage things. And okay? ferrets were eating them? Like, just tell me how you got bit. A friend. A friend of mine, they kept uh, ferrets. You know, they're illegal in California. I was going to get to that. They're illegal in California and Hawaii. And, okay, I was really upset about that in high school because I, I guess I wanted one. In retrospect, that would have been so dumb. So dumb. And there's a good reason they're illegal here. And it is because they're vicious, wild animals that really hurt you. Oh, don't you do that. You're going to get a bunch of ferret lovers flooding this peak pipe. Sure. Link. If you're a big-time ferret lover, I'm sure that you are able to keep ferrets in a responsible way. And they're not biting you or Those anyone. laws are to protect us against irresponsible ferret owners. Sure. Which, if I'm in high school wanting to get a ferret, we have too many irresponsible ferret owners at one point is what I'm assuming. That's why that, that law is there. But beyond that, the other problem with having them as pets uh, is that they can escape pretty easily. And they can quickly colonize and then prey on other species and you know wreak havoc on areas they're not really supposed to be in yeah where it's okay for us to have rats and mice as pets because if they get out then they're just rats and mice right right. they're not gonna tilt the ecosystem one way or the other yeah they're just gonna mess up suburban areas or urban areas whatever they're a little easier to take care of too a rat will bite you but not you're not gonna end up in a plague kind of way Right. Okay. Also, the thing the fairies have going for them is a tail. You know, it's not, we're not dealing with a rat tail. That It is covered. Oh, God. You brought that up again. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Just skip past rat tails. Okay. We, we don't I'm not going to go down that road. Okay. So they will hunt birds, reptiles, rabbits, squirrels, mice, other rodents, insects, but prairie dogs make up most of the natural diet. A scat study uh, revealed that black-footed ferret diets consisted of around 87% uh, white-tailed prairie dogs. So if I have a prairie dog problem, ferret's going to be a solution. Yeah, that's a great solution. Good to know. They will eat them all year long, even when prairie dogs are hibernating. So they'll go down into their burrow, the prairie dog burrow, and just chomp them while they're sleeping. (laughs) And then they'll take over that burrow and live in there. And that's why they have that slinky-like body. Yeah. 
to slink into these burrows mm-hmm. like a roto rooter. <laughs> grab a little snack. One of the things that I love about ferrets is how long they are. Uh, they're about 18 to 22 inches. 40, that's 46 to 56 centimeters in length. And then they just sort of squish up in the middle, you know? Mm-hmm. When, when they run, they kind of It's kind squish. of an accordion-like. Yeah. So, so cute. Or caterpillar. Besides being long, um, so how else, what else do they look like? Uh, obviously, they had black markings on the legs or socks, as I like to call them. The rest of them could be yellowish brown or buff colored uh, with lighter underparts. They have a black mask-like marking around the eyes, which is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. For a sneaky little... <laughs> Bandit. Bandit. Rodent. <laughs> Essential to have a little yeah. sneaky mask. Oh, They're primarily nocturnal and solitary creatures, so they don't roam around in gangs. Uh, they really only come together to breathe. Breathe. To breed. Okay, so this is this is a bummer, but in the wild, few black-footed ferrets live beyond three to four years of age. In captivity, they typically live to be about four years old, which is rough. Like, these people use... Day for a good time, not a long time. Fast and short and fast. Is that the what brightest they stars shine brightest. Burn, fa- burn. And burn out. <laughs> okay. Quickly. This is another reason I wouldn't want to keep Barrett's is the turnover rate is too high. I'm the kind of person who wants to get like really attached to an animal. So when it passes, I am devastated for yeah. like years. I can't just have someone I'm just knew you for four years. All right. On to the next one. College roommate, basically. Yeah. College roommate. <laughs> and maybe they were really special and you, you kept in touch after that, and like when your first baby was born, you sent them a, a text, but that was it. You thought of your ferret, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Also, is it cool if I just call them BFFs? Blackfoot of ferrets? Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to start doing that for the rest of the episode just All to right. save time. Thank you. Uh, pr- previously, the range of the BFF was primarily on the western side of the continent. So from the prairies of southern Canada to Texas and maybe even farther into northern Mexico, and then from the Rockies east into the Dakotas, we first discovered them in the 1800s. And since then, uh, they've continued to be rarely spotted animals. Not a common sight. Uh, Between... 1851 and 1896, only six specimens uh, accounted for everything we know about the animals. And the remains of those are just skins that we have. So that's six? In, in 50 years, just about, yeah, we just had six specimens that we got. Wow. So that took us to like the 1900s. Uh, fast forward to the 1950s. Uh, when we start to realize that these guys weren't just being elusive, but they're probably going extinct. So what was happening? What happened? How did we get to this point? Does it have to do with buffalo? No. Mm, That was a guess. Keep going. 
This extinction is linked to the BFF's favorite meal. Prairie dog. The prairie dog. So what's about to happen next is pretty interesting. You have not heard this one before. It does involve farmers. Nothing new there. But not how you might expect. Here's what was happening. So the prairie dogs were digging tunnels underneath the farmer's lands. And on those lands were cattle. All those tunnels were making the soil pretty malleable. And when those big old cattle walked over the soil. Nice, nice. Keep going. They would fall in (laughs) and damage their legs. Maybe break their legs. I don't know. Oh, no. What in the? Pa, get the gun. Oh, man. We got to put him down? (laughs) It's like, can we fix his leg? Okay. He's gone. Pa, get the shovel. Wait, let's let's not let it go to waste. Let's, can we eat it? And a knife. Okay. It's supposed to be background. You weren't supposed to get. You was captivating. (laughs) Okay. You know, I was going for like an NPR type of thing while you're talking and then it's going to the background. Should we do it again? No. Okay. So, yeah. So they're breaking their legs and they're losing cattle that way. Because as we know, I guess once a hooved animal breaks its leg, it's almost that's it. There's no coming back from that. So that's new. That's a new one, right? That yeah. These tunnels and the it, animals falling into <laughs> the, the tunnels. Uh, but what happens next is not new. The farmers will wage war against the prairie dogs, uh, leading to massive declines in their populations, which is not going to be great for the black-footed ferret. Who, as we established, eat the prairie dogs. Big part of their diet is the prairie dogs. Uh, so they're going to lose some food. And this will lead to what looks like the extinction or near extinction of the black-footed ferret. So by the 1960s, it's not looking great. But they do find a small population in South Dakota. And they take nine of them and they start a captive breeding program. Unfortunately, that program is not successful. And they all died in uh, 1979 the last captive black-footed ferret dies it doesn't look like they do very good in captivity obviously yeah so meanwhile they're trying to locate any remaining ones in the wild and i found these awesome posters that they put out to uh raise awareness about them i'm going to show them to you they're basically wanted posters uh, right here, you can see. Wanted alive. The black-footed ferret gang. They're offering w- rewards there. $10,000 reward for right. any information on this bandit. Wanted alive. Black-footed ferrets in their locations. Do not kill or trap. And then so they have photos of the black-footed ferret. They look so cute. And then there's photos of animals that look like similar to them and they say don't be confused by these animals that look like the black-footed ferret and they've got a european ferret 
and a long-tailed weasel. And then there's Polly Shore down at the bottom right. Uh, that one there, that's a bridled weasel in Polly Shore. <laughs> the weasel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think these predated uh, that. But, um, I- I'm going to send you guys a link to this website that has so much great information about the Blackfooted Ferret. It also includes um, these two posters. But if you go to blackfootedferret.org, that's where you can... You could just dig in there and probably find those if you don't want to look through the show notes, which I'll probably forget to update with this link anyway. So, so I thought those were funny, um, but it was helping people learn how to identify them in case they did see them and could report them. Ten thousand dollars is a lot. Yeah, you think they got some people trying to pass off counterfeits? For sure, they probably got quite a few of those. Yeah, where's my ten k? And it's like a cat that they okay stretched a... out <laughs> well underneath the ten thousand dollar reward it says for photograph or information which results in verification of one or more live black-footed ferrets it, see you can do this now because you just get ai or you'd photoshop yeah some booties onto a regular ferret some black booties yeah okay but then Oh, I was going to say, the, the posters aren't working. They're not getting... The design is all off. <laughs> the kerning is whack. I don't know why they're mixing serif with non-serif. Mm. It's just, is it a Western theme? Is it an emergency? Like, pick a lane. These aren't working. And uh, Polly Shore is like a nice cease and touch. desist. Yes, but you're going to have to pay for that. <laughs> okay they're just about to call it quits hey these guys are extinct when an unlikely hero enters our story by the weasel <laughs> it's not Polly Shore is this a Polly Shore <laughs> revival flick does the weasel need to show up and save some animals on the and brink of extinction. It, it kind of got biodome feelings. It does. Kind of got in the army now. Do you think we could do a movie like that Encino today? Man, I've, I'm feeling a lot of these elements. The 90s have been back in fashion for oh, it feels like a decade now. I feel like we can bring back the filmmaking style yeah. of the 90s. With one more Polly Shore banger. And you already got the title, BFFs. I will pre-order that ticket. Okay, so this unlikely hero, his name is Shep. Shep. He's a... Let me guess. He's got frizzy hair. Um, He likes cheese whiz. (laughs) Keep going. Um, It's a ranch dog. The voice? (laughs) (laughs) Probably sure. (laughs) Okay, okay. It's an animated Beethoven. flick. I get it. Okay. Um Illumination. <laughs> this is that they're tagged to do it. So it's a ranch dog who lived in the small town of Matitsi, Wyoming. Nailed it. It's three AM on the morning of September twenty sixth, nineteen eighty one. Cattle rancher John Hogg and his wife Lucille are awakened by Shep, who's frantically barking. 
thank you for doing that without me having to Are cue you or say to do. Yeah. Louisa. <laughs> no one can hear you. More dogs. I, it's more in barking. the background. More barking. Arr, arr, arr. Okay. So at the time, the hogs don't think much of this. <laughs> they think it's like a tangle with a porcupine, which I guess is something that I, I, I. he has done before. So they go back to sleep. And uh, later that morning, they find the carcass of a small animal. I believe. What in the world? <laughs> it's, it's near Shep's food bowl. Shep, get over here. The animal's got a broken back. He breaks his back. <laughs> he's, he's dead. Um, and Hog thinks the animal is a mink and tosses it over the fence. Get this out of here. I'm like, okay, maybe you didn't see the posters, all those wanted alive posters for this mm. animal that's clearly a black-footed ferret. See, in the movie, he throws it over the fence and it slaps against the poster <laughs> on a wall and it slowly drags. <laughs> it is perfect. Oh, my God. So later that day, his wife, Lucille, She's like, I got this great idea. I'm going to go get the animal, and I'm going to taxidermy it. I don't know. Maybe she's thinking Christmas present. I don't know. Ah, Lucille Hogg <laughs> must have this animal. So she goes, and uh, she picks it up, and uh, she takes it in to the taxidermist. And the taxidermist is like, okay, wow, this is a black-footed ferret. Hooray, they're not extinct. Great news. Well... I mean, it's a dead one, so I can't. You can't say a hundred percent, you know, assuredness that it's not extinct. Right. That I was just going to get to that. Is this the, the last, last one? one? Has Shep killed the last of an entire species? Was this the endling? But the reason I mention its probable location earlier, next to the dog bull. It was that Hogg later defended Shep's actions by claiming that the ferret was trying to eat his food. Mm. So, I don't... Stand your ground, Law. That's what happens. Right. Is that? Yeah. Stealing. It was breaking and entering, mm-hmm. entering there. Shep is... Uh, he's cleared of all charges. Right. But uh, the thing about the story is that a lot of the details are a little hazy, lost to time here. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm interested in how Shep the dog goes about helping the ex- from being extinct. Because so far, he's just murdered one. <laughs> right. Well, what he's done, he's infused interest into it again. We hadn't seen any in a long time, and we thought they were gone. So this was like, okay, they're not gone. Let's get back out there. Let's look for it. Any news is good news here. Yeah. A dead one's better than uh, nothing. And didn't think about this till now, but they probably cashed in on that. They probably got $10,000, right? Well, if you look at the poster, it does say something about being alive. Okay, yeah. You can't take a photograph of the one you threw over the fence. (laughs) (laughs) Or hit the fence and slid down they could have well maybe that's why she was bringing it to the taxidermist and you know trying to get it in a lively pose and then snap a photo and then be like oh sorry (laughs) the dog killed it that's true that's one way Uh, she also could have tried first like taking it to the vet not i I think it's still alive yeah yeah 
Okay, after this event, efforts to save the species are rebooted and they uh, they go out searching for them and they actually find quite a few this time, around 130. And oh. That's a lot. I mean, last time you said they were finding one like every decade. Yeah, they had found nine, I think, or six. Six in 50 something. years. Yeah. And the captive breeding program only had like, 13 in it or something. So this is a lot. Um, and I think that's just because they're they're quite elusive. So if you happen upon an area where there's just a lot of them inhabiting, then you just lucked out. So I Maybe the prairie dog natural habitat kind of concentrated and that forced the yeah. BFFs to concentrate. Thanks for using the BFF, by the way. Welcome. I'd like to also think that they took Shep out at that point and he helped... Uh, he had a very sensitive nose that could now uh, seek out BFFs quite easily. And mm-hmm. he was you know, nose to the ground finding these ferrets for them. Uh, yeah, I would like to think that too because um, it gives my movie a little more plot. Right now, in this, he doesn't have a big part of the story, really. He's basically, you know, when like uh, Scooby-Doo catches a scent of something and it drives him nuts. <laughs> that's Shep and the black-footed ferret yeah he's got to get it uh-huh yeah one other thing is that this is another example of why i think we have to give a lot of time between last sightings and declaring extinct because stuff like this happens they're all gone and then you like look in the back and there's a bunch right there's a it's- whole pallet full of them that's the thing that's happening with that woodpecker right the ivory billed woodpecker Every year they're extending it a little bit. I'm just like, give it another fifty years. What? What? What yeah, do what's you the care? Rush? Yeah. What's the rush of calling it extinct? Okay, so the BFFs they're back, but not for long. Population numbers continue to decline, and just a few years after that rediscovery, the wild population is down to only eighteen. Which I'm like, guys, I I don't know about their numbers here. You guys aren't good at really locating them. 18 is like a guesstimate. I don't, but this seems like these ferrets were popping their head out of holes <laughs> and they're like, there's one, there's one, there's one. Yeah. How do you get to 130 and then like back down to 18 and a short while later? It's just the same one popping out of yeah. different holes. <laughs> okay. Whatever they're doing, however they're studying these, they do realize that it's not just the reduction of the prey of those prairie dogs uh, that's leading to their demise, that BFFs were also getting hit with sylvatic plague and canine distemper virus. Let me tell you about those two. The sylvatic plague is a bacterial disease that we think was brought to the Americas in the 1900s. It primarily affects prairie dogs and black-footed ferrets, And it's the same bacterium that causes bubonic and pneumonic plague in humans. Hmm. Canine distemper virus, a.k.a. CDV, is a very contagious virus that mostly affects dogs. uh, But it can spread to ferrets and other animals. And it is fast acting. It affects many different body systems in ferrets. So it's not a pleasant way to die. Hmm. Uh, But I... is fast acting, so I guess it's somewhat well, it's a short quick. death. I don't know if it's short, several days short, several hours short. I don't know, but w- whatever. It's pretty brutal. 
there are other bacteria and other things that are harming them out there, but those are uh, the main two. So what did they do? Well, they take the 18 BFFs that they found at last count and uh, they start another breeding program. And they also eventually start fighting sylvatic plague and CDV in prairie dog populations. How do they do that? Antibiotics. Vaccines. Okay. Yeah. So they close enough. It's, yeah, it's not the same, but it's close. So they actually lace prairie dog bait with sylvatic plague and CDV vaccines. Mm. So they, they chomp them up and then get they get the vaccine. immunity. Yeah. Another way is by putting insecticides in their burrows, and that kills the fleas that carry uh, those two things. Mm. And because some prairie dogs get defense against those viruses, because of the vaccines, that means when the BFFs go eat the prairie dogs, they they're, they're also protected huh. from it. Um, well, they're most, I don't know that it transfers to them, but, you know, they're not getting it from oh, them, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so back to those 18 ferrets that were part of the pa- captive breeding program. Not going great at first, but about a year into the program, a hero is born. Named Shep. <laughs> no, that that would be that would be fitting, but it, it, it they name him Scarface. Oh, <laughs> I don't I don't think Tony I, Montana. Huh? <laughs> I went to the literal. Did he have some marking on his face? Well, is this a dog or a human or? It's a ferret. A ferret. It's a ferret. That's the hero. That's the hero. The, hero. Okay. the birth. Was roughly coinciding with the release of the movie Scarface in oh. 1983. <laughs> uh, it could have just as easily been Operation Dumbo Drop or some <laughs> other movie coming out at a different time. But what this a, happened to be Scarface. Yeah, whatever was at the top at that time. We named this one Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> okay. Scarface is a good name, though, because like... If you got a scar on your face. I, to me, I'm like, oh, look at this cute ferret. I'm going to give it a smooch, right? Hold it up. You're going to get a scar on your face. Exactly. Right. From okay. That makes a lot more sense. It's like, yeah, his name's Scarface, but not because of his face. <laughs> you get it? You get too close. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, he's going to sire many litters of kits. Just one right after the other. He's just a powerhouse of genetic he's banging them out yeah uh he single-handedly and this is perhaps being presumptive here but he he saves the species they really (laughs) need this they needed that kind of success they had not had that up until this point with the captive program and i think that's what happens with a lot of to this day like at the zoo you sometimes you just get individuals that are like this person has 30 children across zoos in america and then the other people just aren't other children. people offspring or children offspring offspring it's <laughs> a zoo worker who's traveling <laughs> no, no. knocking up people like it's just to say it's a tiger like there's one tiger who is just really good at procreating somehow yeah but then there's other ones that never procreate and so you get the scar faces of the yeah, other, yeah yeah other animals out there so it's growing. The fair population's growing, and eventually they start releasing BFFs back into the wild, which is great. And by 1993, which is another great year for movies, right? Oh, I think we've talked about <laughs> yeah. it. 
You're talking Jurassic Park. You're talking other movies, but Jurassic Park is number one. Jurassic Park is the only one I'm going to hit on because that was iconic. Anyways. But also Free Willy and other stuff. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm, I'm kind of recasting my movie now. Okay. The Weasel, uh, Pauly Shore is not no longer playing Shep. He's playing Scarface. It makes a little more sense. He's more of the, you know, that kind of, that fits his character. So I'm I'm recasting Shep as John Goodman. Oh, that's that's a good one. Mm-hmm. He's going to be this ranch dog. You know? Yeah. No, so, that's perfect. And then the weasel has to come in and repopulate the species. And I think that's more of a comedic role for Polly Shore. Do you know who I want for, who is it, Biggs or Hog? Yes, Hog. Farmer Hog. Farmer Hog. I want... The cattle rancher. How does that make sense? Dude, it's in the name. Raise some pigs. Exactly. Yeah, I bet you he came from a long line of pig farmers and he was just like the, the rebellious son. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to mess with that. Anyway, mm. the guy who was in the pig movie. Babe? Babe. The, the, oh. who's, I, he's probably not alive anymore. No, I think he's still around. Look, I appreciate that casting, but he's too British. And he's already known as a British farmer. So you got to go American. Well, who's the American version of that guy? Probably Sam. What's his face with the mustache? Sam mustache. <laughs> what's something he's been in? Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's a farmer. John Goodman's okay, Shep yeah. the Dog. Polly Shore is Scarface in... BFF, Black-Footed Ferret, Back from the Brink. Okay, we're back to 1993 in Wyoming or wherever the breeding program is. And they're observing wild litters being born in the wild. So good. Good news. All right. And during all this, they're still dealing with sylvatic plague, CDV. They're trying to just solve everything at the same time. I don't have super up-to-date info on the reintroduction programs like how that's going right now. But there are roughly 18-ish. However, only a couple of those are self-sustaining. That means the others are still being supported by those captive breeding reintroductions of individuals, which means that now another stressor stressor to the livelihood of these uh, BFFs BFFs is genetic diversity. Ideally, you want them to be breeding wild populations because if you get too many... From the breeding program, you're not. There's not a lot of genetic diversity because it's like pool's not big enough. It's all Scarface uh-huh. going in there, right? Yeah. So we are seeing inbreeding and uh, the health issues that can come with that in some of these populations. So while BFFs have made somewhat of a comeback, it's always going to be a challenge for them, or for right now, it is. The area they can inhabit is quite small. And there is a continued effort to eradicate prairie dogs in that area. So you still need these captive breeding programs to help with the numbers that are, you know, constantly fluctuating. And if we don't, we could be right back where we were in the 1970s, uh, which was the heyday of airbrushing. Yeah. This is interesting. Long after Scarface passed away, he will come back to save the day yet again from beyond the grave. They will use his frozen semen to artificially inseminate. This is a great act three. Yeah. 
Uh huh. Ghost of the Weasel. And uh, I'm going to tweak this story a little bit. It's not like he was put into a deep freeze and then unfrozen, oh. Oh Austin Powers style. <laughs> okay. So now you got this fish out of water thing. <laughs> he doesn't understand. Also Encino Man. So, yeah. huh? <laughs> That's great. He, well, was he the 1980s? He was born in the 80s. Can you imagine 90s Pauly Shore being dropped into today's time? Oh, my God. What kind of crazy hijinks he'd get into? Well, I mean, I don't I don't know <laughs> how, how much things have changed in Wyoming since the 90s. Um, but, but, yeah. Okay, I'm just, I'm just going to be typing away on the screenplay okay. over here. You keep going. Maybe you could put that into the AI artwork for this episode, and that'll be a nice surprise. Like we won't have explained any of that as you're watching this, but mm-hmm. if you just be Polly Shore and a black-footed ferret, Polly Shore airbrushing an image of a black-footed ferret with a Walkman. <laughs> okay, so they just froze his semen in in this version. And they will artificially inseminate BFFs with that material. So having a bank of frozen semen can help to remedy some of those inbreeding issues. Like enough time has passed between this group of scar faces that now we can get them back in. Yeah, you're squirting a little lighter fluid on the on the on the fire. Keep it going. Right, which is great for sequels. Yeah, because you can just keep moving it forward in time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, you thought. 2009 was crazy try yeah. 2040 scientists are time weasel <laughs> what time weasel <laughs> scientists are also cloning them uh recently in 2020 they oh were... great <laughs> they were able... oh, no. how many poly shores <laughs> cloned this time they bring him back and there's a clone Oh, they, they tag boy. team. <laughs> the hijinks. time weasel was enough. Just wait till they get into the clones. <laughs> Double the hijinks. Who's so, the real weasel? <laughs> so, okay, so this time they clone a female, a female version. Uh, her now name- we're in Eddie Murphy, you know, <laughs> like d- dressing him up in all these different kinds, <laughs> fat suit. <laughs> The old grandma. This is a real career reviver for Polly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fart jokes. I don't know why. They just okay. work their way into those situations. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was just collecting myself. This clone, she is named Willa. Willa? Is that old timey name? W-I-L-L-A, I don't know. She was one of those original 18 ferrets that they found after Shep rediscovered the species. Mm-hmm. The whack-a-mole ferrets. <laughs> they were popping their heads out of them. <laughs> the whack-a-moles, yeah. yeah. So she's old school. and She doesn't have any living descendants, but she um, does have a clone named Elizabeth Ann. Okay. So Elizabeth Ann is a clone of Willa. Willa, the whack a mole that uh, was around when Shep found them. Mm-hmm. 
And so she is providing some much needed genetic diversity. Just wild, crazy stuff. Yeah. But it's a real roller coaster for these guys. Uh, in 2013, the population count in the wild was 1,300. <laughs> and the latest count, like, no surprise, is uh, 370. Okay. But we know that, that they maybe they're not counting yeah. right. So <laughs> it's. Um, it's thought that some ranchers won't report BFFs when they see them because they're worried their ranch will get shut down to protect them. Mm. Okay. All right. I get it. I get it, but it's a bummer. Other ranchers are quite welcoming to BFFs because they are a natural way to reduce prairie dog populations. Maybe they should spread that word uh, like, hey, if you see one, it's okay. We're not going to shut it down. Or maybe we will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the better way to spread is that they are natural deterrents to the prey. Um, that is is a problem. That is breaking the legs of your cattle. I, I don't know what they're doing now nowadays. But and they're like, how many do you see, farmer? He's like, I don't know, maybe a thousand, <laughs> maybe twelve. Uh, but yeah, shout out to those ranchers who are welcoming of the BFFs. Which, if you forgot, that means black-footed ferret. But man, did we save some minutes mm-hmm. on that. Which, by the way, speaking of movies from the 90s versus today, I have not been to a movie in the past, I like, I want to say three years, that's not at least three hours long. Because you're including the no, no, no. previous trailer. Not even including the previous. It's like four hours. Maybe you're just picking some epic movies that require a long run time. I want just under two hours. That's what I need. Longer than that, you need to go back to the concession. I'll keep it in mind in my screenplay because I'm going to hit a point where I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> That's and the- this movie is 72 minutes. <laughs> you could use AI to help you uh, fill it out. Fill a it out. Yeah. yeah. I, I, dude, it could write a 90s flick. No problem. Oh, I should do it. All right, well, that is the story. You know, it's not extinct, but that's good. We really did think they were extinct for a while. Uh, so, sorry, another bait and switch. I know. Well, you, you thought you were going to hear about the gruesome death of an organism been on this earth for countless thousands, hundreds of thousands of years getting wiped away. But nope, still around. Well, there was the part about the sylvatic plague and the cdv virus being pretty brutal mm-hmm. like w- ways to die if you're looking for some gore yeah which i think we've established that's what the listeners really tune in for. right i just they want to know how they died i think it's just proof again that this podcast is dying because it's being poisoned <laughs> by a virus yeah. we should change the name at this point but anyways Okay, so that's the black-footed ferret. Uh, for all you've been waiting forever, there it is. And Trey, I hope I didn't disappoint. Once again, thank you for all your research. It honestly made it a... Huge kudos to you, Trey. Thank you. Huge kudos. And if anybody else just wants to send... To all the research from Melissa. Very long. So we don't have to read the doc. Wikipedia article. He went deeper. He went way deeper than Wikipedia. Oh, I could tell. Um... 
you, you can't. You got to click the links at the bottom of the Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the old college trick. Right. <laughs> so. I get it from Wikipedia. <laughs> I got it from the sources at Wikipedia. <laughs> There's other stuff. There was a time where I would actually go to the library for these. Yeah. But that time has passed. I think the... the That's the, why they take seven years to do every episode. Right. You have to wait for the books to be finished being written just to make the episode. Yeah, it's so much work. Um, Bye! <laughs> okay, guys. See you next time. Peg Leg Deer Production.